0: And welcome to the latest episode of The Run-In. We've got loads coming up for you in the episode. We will be previewing the British Sprints and Middles, which are taking place in the East Midlands at the weekend, and also previewing Euro Meeting. But first of all, we're going to talk about one of the competitions. There haven't been loads of competitions going around um, at the minute, but one that has been happening with the Senior Home Internationals, which were hosted by Swansea Bay in Wales, of course, uh, at the weekend, uh, individual and a relay. Once again, Will, I'm going to throw it to you as you were there.
1: Yes, so um, SHIs, I guess for those who don't know, it's um, England versus Scotland versus Wales versus Ireland. Um, It's a points-based competition, so individual on the Saturday, you score points based on your um, top four individual positions, in the tw- in 21 class and in the 20s class it's the uh, top two out of three I think oh. I really should know that having been at the competition <laughs> I uh, don't know I've never
0: run it so I have the I,
1: excuse I just get told if we're in the lead or if we had to chase if we have to catch Scotland so that's, <laughs> what, that's generally what I stick to and then the relay on the Sunday it's um your top two relay teams out of three to score so it's quite important and quite different to compared to a lot of orientarian competitions that happen if you make a mistake obviously keep on pushing through to the end because any second could just bump someone else down so even if you've had a dreadful run you know someone else might have had an equal you know equally bad disaster and you can just bump them down a position so less about your own individual performance and all about kind of performing as a team which is really quite nice and it kind of makes a nice refreshing change to get back into the swing of things after the summer as well
0: Does it feel like a bit of an extension to, say, the Junior Interregionals in that team atmosphere?
1: I guess, yeah, you start your orienteering career as a junior with the Junior Interregional Championships. And then I guess if you're lucky enough, you move on to the Junior Home Internationals as well or Mm. maybe Interland. But yeah, I guess it feels like an extension of that and very much camaraderie of competing as a team and... Um, kind of putting your own ambitions aside and going well yeah I want to win the individual but I guess it's more about what we do at the end of the day as a collective group rather than what I do myself on a day so yeah it's quite nice to kind of put everything else aside and and compete as a as a group for a change.
0: And the individual was Broughton Burrows?
1: Yes um, incredibly technical area so down on the Gower to the west of Swansea very open sand dunes you can see quite a long way surprisingly rough underfoot mm-hmm. um for anyone who's not been there quite a lot of very low lying brambles a lot of marum gla- grass so constantly getting poked and jabbed by stuff as you're going around the course so it was actually really quite quite a physical course and um for for the guys, um, for the senior men, it was eleven point six k. We all kind of thought it was going to be around about sixty minutes, sixty five minutes. <laughs> Ended up being one in seventy, which is again under the predicted winning time of seventy five. But yeah, I think after the summer break, mostly <laughs> we were all making a lot of mistakes. So it was the first time I'd picked up a map properly since um, since the test races in in mm-hmm. July, mm-hmm. Um, a, a kind of forest map anyway.
0: And it's it's such a technical area as well. It's so and there's. Decent climb, you know once you take all those sand dunes into account it's it, it's technical and
1: physical mm, yeah, so four hundred and seventy meters of climb, I think we had on the <laughs> on the mental <laughs> course, so yeah pretty pretty physical, constant up, constant down, and it was the scale that threw me really, so oh, okay. it was um seven and a half thousand scale compared to the normal one to ten you might have on an area like that, so I just kept on overshooting things to start mm. with, and I lost nearly two minutes on the first control because I just around ran past it so um it's just getting your head you know kind of it back into that mentality of of the processes of navigation which you know I think everyone said after they finished that it was a real challenge and a fantastically planned course as well by by Mark Saunders and uh, and Alice Bedwell so um yeah thanks well I guess thanks to Swansea Bay for putting on such a such a good area because normally it can just be a pretty bleak and dull moorland every time i've done shis it's been i, I hesitate to say boring but you know compared to braunton Boroughs, which is a fantastic area um it, yeah it's been a little less exciting than it was
0: yeah i had a look at the courses they look great and um when you're looking at it online or on route gadget or anything you can't quite appreciate the scales so some, you're going around and then suddenly there's all looking i think on uh on some photos on twitter and suddenly you have to go to the other side of the map, do a map change. And then there's like loads more <laughs> course left. And it's just looks like, how did it feel when you turned over? I mean, obviously running it, you kind of get more of a sense. Obviously you get a sense of the scale and how far you've been. Um, but mm. for me, when I s- sort of changed the map, saw how much of the course there was still left was quite amazed.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's an interesting one that, because I think in the, in the Midlands we have map flips quite a lot because the areas are relatively small. So mm. From a personal point of view, I don't mind it too much. I just focus on, you know, get through to that stage. I know they'll probably roughly be about halfway. So if I'm feeling bad, like I was at the weekend, I'll just try and put it to the back of my mind and, and push on. Interestingly, by that point of the course, I would actually started to get into it a bit more. I felt, I felt a lot better. So I was kind of looking forward to the next half of the course. I then proceeded to make four mistakes in a row. So oh no. it didn't go that well um a lot of the a lot of the controls were just tucked in just behind something that you might like not have the confidence to go and mm. over the top of and look over so i think a That's lot of people planning, losing though. some i was great planning yeah so a lot of people were losing very small amounts of time in the circle that just added up but it just drained you so by the time i got halfway around that map flip i was i was just knackered and uh, <laughs> oh, yeah i was gone <laughs>
0: So let's have a quick look at some of the results. So on M20, Alistair Thomas, he won. And then Joe Wright, second. On W20, Emma Wilson, first. Neve Hunter, second. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know if you have any comments about any of them, any of any of the juniors.
1: Yes, Alistair Thomas, you know, carrying on the really good form that he had at um, Jaywalk this year that saw him do a very good performance in the relay. A very strong runner, a kind of four minutes clear over a sixty-minute course, pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. And um, Emma Wilson as well. Oh, you know, again three minutes clear. It's a, it's a pretty, uh, pretty big margin over what was a fifty-minute course. So, yeah, both looking very strong and um, finishing the the season off well. I guess a little bit surprised that um, maybe a couple of the English boys weren't a bit closer to Ali. I think mm-hmm. maybe Alistair Pedley would have been a bit disappointed to be. Um, nearly 10 minutes down but you know I think both of them um, both of them did pretty well and obviously for the for the 20s you had um, Fiona Bunn and uh, Grace Malloy running up so that opened the chance for, for Emma to get a pretty good uh, pretty good win under her belt
0: Yeah so move on to the senior let's do the women's first as you're talking about them um, so I mean this time, when I looked at the results, I said, This is pretty amazing. Megan Carter Davies winning by over 10 minutes ahead of yeah. Grace Malloy. are <laughs> oh, absolutely on fire. Uh, she, yeah, that I mean, just yeah, just the time just pretty much blew me away. And you know, Grace, uh, you know, junior world champion, junior world uh, medalist, uh, in second place, also a great result from her. Laura Robertson, mm. the Kiwi, in third. Uh, but she's, um, she, so, how? What's the eligibility for the home internationals? Because obviously Laura is from New Zealand, but she's running yep. in. She like she lives in Edinburgh. She's running for Edinburgh Southern, and obviously uh Graham Gristwood is English, but he lives in Scotland. And so, like the kind of eligibility is a bit different than say, yeah. you know, let's do real like really strict. Like I don't know who wants to be part of the. British team at the Olympics or something like that I don't know
1: yeah I'm to be honest I'm not really sure so I know for the England team in the past we've had uh Romaldus uh, Stapeldis who now owns Ultra Sport I think mm-hmm. and Onosh um running for us um with Laura I think she's been over here now for nearly five years and I think the residency might mm-hmm. be two mm-hmm. I, I I think because you're not allowed to run for a different team on a consecutive year so graham had to yeah. sit out last year and not run for scotland if he wanted mm-hmm. to run for them this year so mm-hmm. i think it could be two years but i'm yeah. not quite sure i guess kind of less than other sports if you look at football that's quite strict on on who you run for depending on where you've been born yeah. uh rugby's pretty loose you can live somewhere for three years before you um are eligible to compete for for a nation um so i guess being such a small sport, we're pretty loose on how long someone has to live somewhere before they before they can run for um run for a country. But you get it quite a lot up in Edinburgh. A lot of people in the past who've gone to university there have mm. then started running for Scotland. So um Hector Haynes, um and Bex Harding was running for Scotland as well. So I guess it, it depends on how you feel at the time. If you feel like you're contributing more to the Scottish scene. Yeah. Then then it's only right that you should kind of run for who you compete with regularly and, and who you're affiliated to if they're if they're going to kind of um seds training up in scotland all the time and taking advantage of that i guess mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's only right they give back and uh compete for them but yeah it's interesting graham competing for england for so long and then <laughs> so it was it was strange <laughs> seeing him switch over to scotland to be honest so yeah yeah we gave him a bit of abuse for it <laughs>
0: But I mean, I think I think it's, you know, yeah, go with where your current affiliations lie. I think it's quite good. And it means that something like for the Welsh squad, for example, there's there's people who live in aren't necessarily Welsh or like um, their heritage is Welsh and they're Mm. they're there or they live in Wales and stuff. And it means that um, they maybe get a bit more of a competitive team.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely, and it's always good to have competitive teams at like this because you don't. Historically, it's been England and Scotland that have kind of run mm-hmm. away with it, um, and you want people to be as competitive as possible. So, I, I think having people you know, compete for other countries, but it just make, pushes other people on. So, having Graham compete for Scotland is great because it's guaranteed he'll be there, um, and we'll get to compete against him, and that'll push us on. So, yeah, I think I think it's good that. You know everyone's there and Laura obviously third place in the senior women she's pushing other people to to be better by being yeah. there herself so I think everyone wins from it at the end of the day but yeah, it is strange seeing people compete in say Laura at the World Cups in a in a Kiwi top and then competing in a Scotland top but uh, it's, a, it's a quirk <laughs> of our interior I guess that makes our sport so unique
0: yeah, I think it's really good. So those are the top three you mentioned. I also wanted to point out Sarah Rollins, who's W40, uh, got selected for the England team in seventh place for her. Um,
1: Tony O'Donovan of Ireland as well, also um, the same age category. So um, impressive by her as well. She was dreading it, <laughs> being uh, out second to last starter, four minutes in front of Megan. She was wondering oh, wow. how long... It, I was speaking to her at the start. She was wondering how long and before she got caught by Meg <laughs> and uh, I don't think it was too long um that was Tony's words not mine but uh <laughs> but yeah Meg that was an, a very impressive time she said at the weekend that that was one she'd been aiming for 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 quite a lot of the season actually and mm. I'm really focusing on so I think she really wanted to win on home turf and and get that title so yeah she's been a uh, quite dangerous in the um sprint intervals that I've done with her in the, over the last couple of weekends, let's say that. Okay. I've been a bit scared of her beating me, so she's in quite good shape.
0: Ah, OK, so we'll watch and wait and see for the sprints and middles at the weekend. Yeah, Could be definitely. a good one to watch. And then the men's, so as we said, uh, Graham Gristwood won. Uh, ben Mitchell uh, in second place, Connor Short in third, Alistair McLeod in uh, fourth and Will you were in fifth it's like a big um, mixture of different nations going on in the top four five sorry as you were the best uh, from England um, which I think is really pleasing to see how so what what were your comments on those those uh, those results
1: from a personal point of view I was extremely frustrated with my run Um, there's a lot of stupid mistakes which shouldn't have happened and they did which cost me a lot of time and i I got caught by ben late on in the course who was moving Mm. very well so Mm. i actually really thought that he he probably could have won and maybe had he been a bit cleaner he should have won um i think graham he was saying beforehand he, he was suffering a little bit with a calf strain just a minor one that he'd picked up at Wok and he'd been suffering a bit since then. So he didn't feel like he was in the best of shape. So <laughs> I think he was really there for the for the taking and the and the guy to shoot at. But a lot of people had the chance to to get him. But as it happens with volunteering, if you're the cleanest, then you win. And I think Graham was just the cleanest on the day yeah. and that's what the area was all about. And technically he's still one of the best, if not the best in Britain. And that kind of showed at the weekend. Yeah. So I think Ali McLeod he's pretty satisfied for the amount of time he's had off navigation mm-hmm. since the test races in July uh, Connor short. I think I was pretty impressed with him. Um, normally I'd feel fairly comfortable in, in beating him in this kind of distance of a race, 70 yeah. minutes, 80 minutes. Um, but clearly technically he's just sound as houses. So I mean, he, he put in a good run. He had a couple of mistakes in the middle part of the course that pushed him down a bit. So maybe he could have been a bit higher as well. Um, but yeah, so I think a mixed bag for some of the people after after Ben and Graham, but they were the technically the best two.
0: Yeah, were you surprised to finish as high as fifth, considering your feeling about and and the mistakes you made in your run?
1: Yes, yeah, definitely. I <laughs> I was not expecting to uh, to come where I did. I thought I'd be about um, kind of eighth or ninth sort of place. So yeah. that was quite a nice surprise actually. That maybe because um, I'm I'm in relatively high training at the moment. Aiming for the World Cup in China because I'm not going mm-hmm. to the Swiss World Cup. But yeah, so I was quite pleased that I think in a high volume uh, training load compared to other people, I was able to still put in a good performance. So that was pleasing. But yeah, surprised that um, Alex Carcass and Johnny Crickmore didn't beat me because I, I think they're in pretty good shape at the moment and I, I kind of would have <laughs> expected them to, to be honest.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Um, so that was the individual. So Scotland won. The Mend twenty one, England won W twenty one with Wales second and Scotland third. So I mean normally by Scotland standards that was a bit of a shocker. Mm. Uh England won both the W twenty and the M twenty. So England in the lead overnight. And then what is it like overnight, you know, when England when you know you've got that lead over Scotland?
1: Um yeah, it's quite good. Yeah, not going to lie. It's quite nice. It makes things a bit easier for the next day. Um, So you have a bit of a team talk. Uh, Charlie Adams is always very good in giving us a lowdown. We know exactly where we need to finish in the relays to to win the overall. Sometimes that's where we've fallen down. I think a few years ago we would won the individual, but then just stuffed up the relay and Scotland kind of walked away with it in the end. Mm. So... It's always quite dangerous and obviously you never know what happens in a relay if there's a missed punch you know, or someone just goes completely AWOL yeah I think you feel you feel quite confident if you've already done the business then you know that you can do it again but I think for all of the guys we <laughs> made well especially in the 21s we realized that I think it was all the all the women and the juniors that were propping us up <laughs> so we knew we had a bit of a job to do the next day to to not let everyone else down.
0: Well, I mean, just looking at the results, you it looks like you did the job. So England coming first and second, then Scotland, two Scottish teams, then another English team, then another Scottish team, and then we have Ireland and Wales. But interesting to note, both the second teams were better than the first teams um, for England and for Scotland. Um, mm. But I mean reasonably not nobody getting huge gaps. So the winning team was Dan Spencer, Ali Masson and Johnny Crickmore. Uh, second place team, Duncan Burke Whistle, Ali, Alistair Thomas, and yourself, Will. It looks it looks like from the splits, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you and Johnny would have must have started to lap the third leg around the same time.
1: Yes, yeah, so I started about fifteen or twenty seconds down on mm-hmm. Johnny, mm-hmm. Uh, give or take. So um I ended up having a shorter gaffle on the first control. So I I ended up uh, almost taking that lead instantly and and getting 15 seconds up the road. Mm -hmm. Um, He gradually wound wound me in over the next couple of controls and uh, we then went around together up to the... So we were kind of on this north to south um, area of sand dunes. So we went out to the north, did a little loop, came back down um, towards the south to the arena and then did a small loop south of the arena. So out on the way north, we were kind of together doing a bit of a team job you know sharing sharing some codes ukulele style and uh <laughs> recognizing that we had a we both had a clear lead on the scottish teams and all we needed to do was just finish you know, no mistakes mm-hmm. no messing around racing each other just get through to the finish and, and do your job so we got up to the the top end um then the gaff was starting splitting quite a lot so i ended up having a short one getting ahead um Johnny then had the short, I had the long, and he got ahead, and then I made a small mistake, and he uh, he jumped clear. But yeah, early on we were just together, you know, sharing the workload and um, making sure we got through to the end. So a nice, uh, yeah, comfortable you know, start to the leg. I got a little bit stressed at the end, making a mistake and seeing uh, crossing over Ali McLeod. So he was moving a lot quicker than me. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of these times, if you're just safe on last leg, then you you make it through to the end. And Alex Carcass has got within about. Thirty seconds of me, I think, at the Spectator, and then screwed up two minutes at the second to last control, so mm. it, yeah you know as long as you stay calm then then you can hold him off, but yeah no, very good performance by both of the uh both of the Englishmen's teams, especially Dan Spencer, who was drafted in last minute, I think on Thursday night for Eddie Narbert oh, wow. who'd um gone down injured, so he was a very late call up and just mm. smashed the first leg of the relay and yeah, you know, and two minutes clear
0: he was yeah two minutes clear oh. of everybody else and first leg
1: yeah really impressive and really nice that he could have that kind of run having just been caught up as a reserve
0: yeah very satisfying very very satisfying and yeah and say Ali McLeod had the fastest leg on the third leg and Graham Griswood had the fastest leg on the second leg so Mm -hmm. you know it's it's good when there's some nice tight competition and people catching each other up even if you know for the most part feeling fairly solid at the the front using johnny and working together in that team atmosphere as you said you just needed your teams together to do well enough it didn't really matter what order you came in as long as you beat the scots
1: yeah yeah exactly yeah <laughs> and it kind of makes it a, that's the thing that makes it quite strange because you're not competing against each other as you would for the whole rest of the year so mm. that's quite obviously we did get a bit competitive because johnny and i always get very competitive against each other um <laughs> you know, the perks of having grown up in the same age category uh, (laughs) for the whole of our careers. So it's kind of a strange one, but it's it's really nice that you can kind of feel that you can, can contribute to the win, even if you don't win yourself
0: yep and then in the women's so that was won by Scotland with Laura Robertson, Emma Wilson, and Grace Malloy. second place was the looks like the second English team Fiona Bunn, Laura King, Cecilia Anderson, and third place looks like the first English team Neve Hunter, Sarah Rollins, and Kat Taylor um with Laura Robertson took the fastest time on first leg, Sarah Jones to the third English team it looks like took the fastest time on the second leg and uh, Megan carter Davies the fastest time by hang on quick maths about just about three and a half minutes on the third leg um so yeah uh it's got again two english teams and a scottish team in the top three uh but good to see that welsh team doing uh really well the best welsh team in fifth place
1: yeah no really good to see that and yeah, makes makes pretty handy, really. It's, uh, <laughs> it's 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 quite frustrating that she's so far clear all the time, um, and again, quite big I mean, it, gaps
0: with the yeah. with the teams as well.
1: Yeah, so I wasn't actually quite sure what was happening um, in the women's race <laughs> because I I was out there racing and I finished and I wasn't quite sure who was in the lead and was warming down. So um, managed to catch the finish of the of the girls and um, yeah, Grace held on. you know, it was quite close in the end, just over a minute um, minutes and eight seconds between first and uh, second team and um Cecilia Anderson was moving a bit quicker than her on last leg took out a few seconds, so it wasn't going all the all the Scots own way, but it looks like Laura Robertson just had it on first leg over Fiona Bunn and uh, and that's where the gap was made
0: yeah, just just good to see so that all meant basically that um England won overall with fifty five points to Scotland's forty six
1: yeah, comprehensive victory. So, I think the third in a row for England now after years of Scottish domination, oh. um, which is quite nice. So uh, we'll go to Royal D side next year on Scottish home terrain and uh, and try and do it again and, and make it four four for four. But um, yeah, it'll be quite tough up there. But it's nice to be part of a winning team and yeah, always always good fun. I was going to say, how do you fancy
0: your chances on Scottish home soil? That's going to be like the toughest one.
1: Oh, better than I fancied my chances this weekend, got to be honest.
0: <laughs> oh, it can only okay. go better. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. But, you, you know, you've, got to, you've also got to race a whole load of Scots who are arguably more used to that terrain.
1: Yeah, yeah, they'll be pretty fired up for it as well. So they might have people like um, uh, Sasha Chaplin back, and um, he's from D-Sides as well originally, so he'll he'll probably want to race at that one. And uh, yeah, you yeah, know they'll uh, they'll want to go and do well. But I think now we've got the crown, we don't want to lose it. So I guess we'll all we'll all have to turn up and just be that bit better and and try and do it again. But yeah, you know, yeah, we'll we'll put in a shift and see what happens. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen, does it? You know, no, you well can't do anything you. about it.
0: I w- I was just thinking and. Um because I'm also going to be involved in the junior home internationals uh coming up in October. I'm taking um some of the team over to Northern Ireland. The the home internationals are always just a bit hidden. They nobody unless you're racing in it. You don't seem to really know. Are there many spectators and do you think there's anything we could or should do about it?
1: Um yeah, there's not really many spectators, I guess no they uh, they put on individual races alongside it to um obviously the clubs want to use the maps use the area mm. the controls already out um, but you're separated from the start times of the other events so that we all started between half ten and twelve o'clock on the individual and um, the public race started at i think after twelve maybe twelve thirty so mm-hmm. yeah we're all finished while they're still out there and we it was it was a fantastic organisation because we could just run for each day two kilometres from the door of the accommodation to the start, so it's perfect for us. So we just jogged back to the accommodation and it was all done. So I guess, yeah, it's a bit strange that it's not really publicised on on BOF that much, which is a bit of a shame. Um, maybe it'll get a bit more traction in the coming years because it's quite a staple of the calendar, really. And, uh, yeah, I, I guess it'd be nicer to have some more people around, but i'm not really sure i'm not really sure what you can do to to get it so if you maybe you attached it to a bigger race so it wasn't just standalone that that would work
0: yeah it's a really hard one i don't think i really have a good answer so let us know if, if you do but it like it just seems they're so kind of hidden and you know these are the best orienteers in each of the home nations competing against each other it's quite exciting or, or it could be quite exciting and mm. and also it's an ach- achievement worth celebrating in a even you know for, for some people getting selected for their nation um to run in this you know i'm sure a lot of communication goes on about that in in terms of club level but you know more generally celebrating this kind of thing is mm. um is really exciting you know
1: as publicity increases, I think, around the sport, as it is doing over the last kind of year or so, and, mm-hmm. and people are more active on social media, and there's a very good video that um, Ben Mitchell's brother Sam put out after the relay, mm-hmm, just doing mm-hmm. a bit of um, a publicity for that. It's uh, it, Hopefully it will grow and, and become more popular. But yeah, like you say, it's, it's always just tough, isn't it, to, to get people active and involved in it.
0: So some more news you've had from the orienteering world in the last uh, few weeks, or at least since the last podcast, is that um, Ed Nicholas uh, has stepped down from being the team manager. He uh, was a big, uh, you know, very important part of the team. Will, as you know really well.
1: Yeah, so Ed has been involved with the team for, I think, as long as I've been involved in the senior setup since since uh, 2014. So, so it's always kind of there with me through... Um uh, my growth as a senior tier so he'll definitely be be sorely missed, and he 's been there for quite a few great memories that i 've had in um in senior orienteering at the particularly at the university championships in twenty sixteen where um we got a couple of goals in the team through chris Jones and the mm. sprint relay team so it 's been a big part of um a lot of the current senior group you know going through and building their careers so yeah I'd just like to say you know, thank you to Ed for all the hard work he put in and you know he'll, he'll be missed around the around the squad and um, best of luck to him in what he's going on to do and focusing on work and um, his life outside of orienteering but he wasn't you know he wasn't paid for it and he did it out of yeah. um, you know goodness of his heart and his own time and money so yeah. Yeah it's no. a
0: huge role to take on as well.
1: Yeah, yeah definitely and um, we're not the easiest people to, to be around a lot of the time and he was giving us the bad news about selections and things like that, so it wasn't a particularly easy job, I guess, but no, no um yeah, one that someone had to do and uh and lucky enough, it was Ed that was doing it, so yeah, no, big thanks to him, and um yeah best of luck to to what he's moving on towards.
0: Okay, let's move on to some of our previews of what's going to be happening. In fact, uh, at the weekend, so um, we're recording this and it should be released on the 12th of September. So um, we're previewing the weekend going along 14th, 15th of September. Uh, So if you're listening after that, obviously, it's already going to have happened. But we're going to first, first focus on the British Sprints. Um, which is going to be held at Loughborough University previously used also for the British Sprint Champs in 2013, so six Mm -hmm. years later. We are back again it's Heats and a final seeded Heats, so the best uh, at least for the uh, elites races um, best going last, and actually I think for quite a lot of them they're seeded it's a world ranking event as well Um, so Will what are your thoughts ahead of the um, ahead of the competition?
1: So it's an interesting one this, this is the um I think it's one of the first uh, possible test races that we might have for for next year already. So it's quite mm-hmm. an important one for um, a lot of us involved in the squad and for people who want to be competing at WOC in Denmark next year. Um, Loughborough, it's a pretty technical area as um, uni campuses go. It, out to the west of it, sorry, out to the east of it, it's got quite a straightforward big, uh, big lecture block um, style map, you know, quite wide routes some alleyways that you can go through on in the main section it's got a very complex accommodation block section so lots of and either going back on yourself and round or carrying straight on through 50 50 decisions to make a lot of hedges as well that kind of disrupt the flow (laughs) of your navigation and um and walls and fences blocking the gaps between some of the accommodation blocks so it could be quite um really quite technical I, i remember it being so in um 2015 Mm. it's quite a technical final and um you could easily get caught out in that accommodation block section so i think it'd be a really good test of um of speed and skill just what you need for for a sprint championships
0: yeah and i think i i mean i we don't know where which part of the campus the heats and the finals are going to be held but i i have a feeling it's going to be again the heats in the more university buildings where there's less we can run more on the the straight line where it's a bit more about execution where and the final on this accommodation part that you've said Mm. where a lot of it is about route choice so hopefully it's going to like test it could be if we get uh if we get some really well planned courses quite two quite different tests of sprint Mm. orienteering which i think that's um really exciting to see and i think like that's that's the order that well, that's the order that I think they're going to be in.
1: Yeah, based no, on I, also I, like agree.
0: the the optimal route the optimal route length compared to the straight line route length. I think that's the order, That's the way round it's going to be because the three point six and three k optimal routes for the men's and women's elites and heats and three point six and two point nine. But like comparing them to as the crow flies, that's what I think it's going to be.
1: Yeah, no, I, I'd agree with that, and um, I think that that's logical as well to make sure probably the i don't want to say more senior people but it's often how it goes in world champs as well you have a slightly easier qualification so all the fast people definitely make it through Mm. and then you you have the really technical stuff in the finals when it's going to provide more of a challenge for everybody so i guess that's how they do it in internationals and that's what they are they're probably gonna do here but um yeah, I guess you always want to save the most technical stuff for the final as well, because that's what everyone mm. remembers. People don't really yeah. remember the heats. They they want to remember the final. So I think that's probably how they'll do it.
0: Well, we have um, a great uh, bunch of people on the starting line-up. We've mm. got women's Cecilia Anderson, Fiona Bunn, Megan Carter-Davies, Sarah Jones, Alice Leake, Kirsten Maxwell, Grace Malloy, Laura Robertson, Charlotte Ward. And actually a lot of, I think... Some of these women are kind of unknown, so we're not really sure exactly of their form. If I'm talking about people like Alice Leake, Kirsten Maxwell, Charlotte Ward, who've, um, with it being having been a a forest world championships, they've kind of taken a little step back from orienteering this year, and now this is kind of going to be their first sprint after that, their reintroduction, thinking about the world champs next summer. yeah I think it's going to be really interesting and exciting to see both on the women's and the men's to see what happens
1: Mm. yeah I've absolutely no idea how those those three are running actually um Alice was injured earlier in the year as well so Mm. I guess this will be her first um really competitive competition at um a champs level in the UK this year Mm -hmm. I know she's been doing a bit of stuff in and around Leeds where she lives or over the summer. So it'll be interesting to see how those guys go. Um, I, th- I think it's pr- it's probably, I don't know, it's probably an easy pick, but I reckon Megan is probably going to win. <laughs> That's <laughs> the name I to. was looking towards yeah.
0: as well. I was just looking through the list and I think, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, I know Cecilia Anderson was at a um, 10K race that I did last Wednesday mm-hmm. um, and she did quite well there I think she was quite pleased with her run I uh, said she went quite well so I think running wise she's in good form you know, beat Grace Malloy on the last leg of the relay as we mentioned at SHIs. so I think she's in quite good shape um could prove a danger as she did at the JK sprint she was only just behind Megan there so mm-hmm. she can, she really could push her close um and it's that but it's that bit more technical than the JK so yeah. maybe that'll bring in one of the juniors like like Grace, who is obviously a very strong runner, but maybe the technical side will will play in her favour as well.
0: I think Grace would fancy her chances more over a forest distance than a sprint distance. Um, uh, and mm-hmm. I think she doesn't think she's that quick, but she she kind of likes to underplay how quick she is. But she is very quick. But yeah, I I yeah. agree. Like I think there could be some surprises. And same with the men's so who got uh, Chris Jones, Chris Millard, you will. Uh, Peter Hodkinson, Johnny Crickmore, Nathan Lawson, Mary Strain, Alex Carcass, Adam Potter, Ben Mitchell, Graham Griswood, Johnny Malley, like so so many people we're gonna list. Um and Will, yeah. I mean you won the JK. Uh,
1: yes, How are you feeling? Yeah. <laughs> um not not as in as good a shape as I was at the JK. Oh. So <laughs> not as um not as quietly confident as I was then. Um you know, just based on on some of the sessions I've done and I've I've only been kind of back at um hard interval sessions for uh, for a few weeks so i'm i'm looking more long term towards china than Mm. this immediate weekend um which is obviously a very handy excuse to throw out and i'm just sandbagging before the weekend (laughs) obviously um i I would i would love to i'd love to win and i'd love to take a medal they are the aims um i'd like to think i can turn up to a race in britain and win um if i put in the right kind of mental and physical performance and if I'm feeling mm-hmm. good on the day uh i I'm not gonna uh, throw that out there for this weekend <laughs> um I'm, I'm gonna say Johnny Johnny Malley's gonna win he put in a an amazing performance at the Great North Run on uh, on Sunday so yeah uh shout um I don't know like an hour and 50 maybe <laughs> um, <laughs> um i've just got to go for my old housemate that's that's all um i'm just taking the focus completely off myself and going for for a bolter
0: um and what about chris jones he hasn't um obviously been racing in a while he raced the um jock chasing sprint but that was like his one or race that year or something
1: yeah um chris um i'm not sure if this was on the record or not but he did tell me earlier today goes anyway that yeah, that he was, quote-unquote, panic training for this weekend because he hadn't picked up a map since the drop chasing sprint. So um, I think he'll do all right. He was at Loughborough Uni for a while as well, so he does know the campus a bit. Um, he was there for a year doing a Masters in mm-hmm. 2014, I think, um, or 2015. So he's got a little bit of hometown advantage as well, but uh, he's, he's popped out a couple of 13-minute 5Ks this year <laughs> out of kind of 13... 52 or something like that so he's not in bad shape yeah it's (laughs) not bad is it yeah it's all right it's all right I wouldn't mind going at that pace so no (laughs) I I think Chris will be fine and um he's just being modest about you know kind of squeezing training in obviously you want to do some stuff on a map but he's got such a base behind him that he'll do well um but Peter Hodgkinson put in a um 10k pb at the weekend as well at scottish 10k champs so he could be a danger and like you say there's just a whole raft of people alex is training very well at the moment uh, putting in some very good interval work graham griswood hasn't run a sprint in a long time so very interesting to see what he can do for this
0: yeah and he's starting really early in the heats as well
1: Mm. so a good early benchmark for people to, to take a look at at the event and um, see what everyone else is going to go and hit because he's, I guess no offence to the other people starting around him but he'll outrank them like kind of on seniority and, and yeah. results quite significantly, yeah, yeah. but he's just not done any sprinting for years now. So quite interesting to see what he'll do. Interested to see what um, Ben Mitchell will do as well. Um, yeah, especially after shape, that obviously. results
0: in the SHIs, yeah.
1: Yeah, should be full of confidence. So I think it, to be honest, I think it's a really wide open field for the men and anyone that you've listed there um, could have a real shot at doing well.
0: Yeah. Then uh, we'll move to the British Middles at Chinle Churn. Uh, it's a Doan Valley Orienteers area. Uh, it's quite a new one mapped for the first time in 2015 there have been uh, like a couple of events there before so middle distance we've got 5.5k for the men 4.4k for the women 217 and 215 meters of climb it's basically kind of an yeah. open hillside with a big uh, big old quarry in it um although i think i read some comments that they were some one of the landowners was removing features from the map by filling in some pits or like some depressions with the with the knolls. so uh, maybe uh, maybe some of the more interesting points disappeared compared to the previous map that's on root gadget you can go and check out but um i think it's going to be i think it's going to be quite a fast one actually just from the looks of the the pictures that i've seen of the area it looks like there's not much undergrowth and people Mm. can be absolutely um vicious uh in there so we've got megan carter davis again she's the last starter and then this is kind of in the order of seeding. we've got cecilia anderson again laura robertson sarah jones kim baxter's running this one uh it's a w40 chloe potter kirsten maxwell as well uh tamsin moran and the men's uh again J- johnny crickmore starting last you have also got ben mitchell graham griswood peter Braid's running this one chris smithard peter Hodgkinson will gardner such that's yourself um murray strain <laughs> nathan dawson um you know a good good mix of people there as yeah. well that could that could take it on the day
1: yeah um strong list of people and as you say very hilly you know 270 and 215 meters of climb respectively for each course that's very near to the to the boundary of what they're allowed climb wise per course so they're really pushing the boundaries of um of how hilly it can be so it's going to be really physical like you say very fast underfoot by the looks of it um i'm not sure if many people have will have run there before big shame about the uh the lander and filling in some of the technical detail but mm. um yeah so that that could make it i don't know i don't want to say easy because it's only as easy as as the speed that you can go because um, if you're running faster it's going to be harder mm-hmm. but mm, it's an interesting one I, I can't really pick a winner from that um i don't know i think it, i think it's really wide open actually
0: I think I think it is too, and some of the tight margins that I think I think well you always see tighter margins in the men's race compared to the women's race. I genuinely I think it's going to be really exciting. So if mm-hmm. you're there, um, you know, do cheer on the elites as well as all your clubmates and everything um, to to see that, and I, and hopefully we'll get some good. Um, tight wins, good competition in all of the classes of course across the middle and it's not all about the elites it's going to be some really great competition from hopefully in, in, in all the classes and so good luck if you're going
1: <laughs> Yeah definitely and I think with what's going to be a big factor is how open it is as well because mm. it's only a two minute start gap and with it being a relatively compact area I think you'll see a lot of crossing over people, there'll be a lot of kind of mental resilience that you'll need to to keep focused on yourself, believing that you're having a good run and you're you're up on people, um, and if you see people just kind of diving into a hole, that can really help you in just hitting something cleanly and saving seconds. So, um, I think people will be getting out hard and fast from the gun and and trying to catch sight of those two minute men.
0: Have you thought? Have you personally thought about how you're going to approach that race mentally?
1: Um, I I I haven't actually had much much time to do much geeking <laughs> at, the, at the moment with work. Um, but yeah, I think that, um, my general approach to, to races is to, um, to go out after it and, and go out hard. Personally, I don't really like, um, sitting back and waiting for, for the pain to come to me in these kind of time trial events, because I always find that doesn't really get me up to the speed I need to be, to be competitive. So I always go out quite hard, but, um, I think I'll probably try and just nail those first two or three controls after what happened at the uh the weekend at the shis and and just try and move through from there so you know hit those first couple clean and get the confidence up and then and then push on but i mean 5.5k it it's not that far really i guess it'll be about half an hour winning time it could mm-hmm. go under i think mm-hmm. it probably will
0: i think um, it will
1: too. so there's not much time to waste really you just got to get your head up and and go out go out after it
0: yeah absolutely well the British Prince of Middles are not the only event happening uh, at the weekend we also if you cross over to the other side of Europe we have Euro meeting
1: yes. um, <laughs>
0: which is being held in Vítipalo in Estonia uh, we have a middle distance and a pursuits on the the Saturday Sunday we've got some British interest in this which is why we're getting, um, chatting a little bit about it I so think Kat Taylor uh, and Faye Walsh there for the women's and Kat's actually the last starter on the middle distance uh, we've got Duncan Burke. Uh, Russell, Pedley, Josh Beach there uh, on the men's there's quite a good, few good uh, Swiss mm-hmm. and Finns going um, I think what's particularly interesting about this is that it's the same are- area and arena as the World Championships 2017 Middle and Relay and the men's middle distance course that year won won the best course it was, it was voted the best course on World of o, and I mean, I pre-ran that one. It was, uh, I thought the map was fantastic. Uh, I thought the course was fantastic. Such a great middle distance course. And I really hope that people, people going there are going to have an, an amazing time because I, well, it's, it's not the most enjoyable area because it is quite green, <laughs> but it is like the quality of the area is fantastic. Even yeah. if it's not the most enjoyable, it's quite frustrating and the visibility is quite low.
1: Yeah, definitely. I I, I think um, Josh Dudley might be there for the men as well. Okay. Um, so competing um, back in a, uh, in a GB vest after quite a while. So I, a Euro meeting is a bit of a B international, you know, y- using it a couple of years before WOC or the year before Europeans to get the organisers prepped, get the the local clubs prepped, get the mapper prepped and the um, the event planners. So often it's planned by the same person as who um, will plan WOC or, or Europeans next year. So mm-hmm. it's often a really good benchmark for how people will perform. So a lot of countries, like you say, um, the Swiss and the Finns take it very seriously. France will send a good team as well. Um, but yeah, that terrain in, uh, in Vitapalu is one of the hardest things I've ever done in origin, <laughs> just from a mental and a physical mm. standpoint, it's, uh, it's a real contrast in, in vegetation, in contour detail, yeah. in, in everything. So to the north of the arena, it's a bit flatter. it's very green, very, uh, lots of deciduous trees, which maybe it would be a bit easier than when Wok was in July, if the leaves have started turning and falling already in Estonia, not sure, so... That could make it slightly easier than we had it at walk, but um it just the the contours just completely throw you. They bamboozle you, there's there's stuff in your way on the ground, there's stuff in the way in front of your eyes, you can't see. If you stray off your compass, you're gone completely yep. and you're yep. you're fifty metres to the right of where you need to be, but you've got no idea that you're in the wrong place. So yep.
0: you can't see. You? Yeah.
1: Technically one of the hardest um areas I've ever run on, but it's a fantastic test and those guys are really gonna really gonna have their Backs against the wall, I think. And um, if they're safe, if they're clean, then they can do well.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I really enjoyed it, but that's because I was kind of walking, jogging around, and yeah. pre-running the whole thing. And I did you not. Know, I could kind of, I could get an appreciation for like how well it's mapped. I think I heard from the organisers it was like their third attempt at mapping it. Someone had started mapping it and just kind of, it it, it didn't really work. And then they maybe tried again, <laughs> and then they got somebody else to map it. And then maybe they managed to get a map that that kind of worked because it's just kind of ups and downs everywhere, mm. and it's so um, I, I can like and it's so hard to get your head around what is going on. That but I think the the map that was produced for the World Championships was really really good quality, yeah. and like I felt like I could use it to its max when I was in the terrain. so um, And hopefully, actually, they'll get to use maybe a bit more of the terrain than they did on the World Championships. It was a bit of a shame that year that the middle and the relay were on the same area and they were all, like, you know, had to go through the arena, do an arena passage, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Um, so it kind of limits the space you can, amount of the terrain you can use because it all has to be reasonably close to the arena. I mean, that's kind of like a World Championships thing um uh so hopefully like they might use some some other bits uh compared to what was used at walk
1: yeah yeah definitely and uh they might go up to the northern section which we were in quarantine for um using as our warm-up map as well which is that bit flatter so you get another contrast as well a very flat vague terrain up there so that could throw a complete different challenge in as well for the runners if they come out of the really technical forest into that flat area where they can suddenly run. At twice the speed that they were running mm. and can see twice the distance then <laughs> that's just going to throw a whole, whole new challenge at them as well so you know kind of jealous but kind of not at the same time because it just brings back flashbacks for <laughs> me
0: <laughs> well I, there is some gps tracking i think the top 20 men the top 15 women will have gps tracking so if you wanted to you know have a little break from the the British sprints and medals go and uh, watch some more orienteering, and go and watch your meeting um yeah uh and oh and Will you're going to uh the Oceana champs so do yes. you want to tell us a bit about that
1: uh yes no so I'm finally having a bit of a holiday um which I never <laughs> get to have because I'm always away running or on training camps or something like that um so I'm going down to the Oceania Champs with my parents, um, which are being held to the northeast of Melbourne, um, in Wagga Wagga and Beechworth. So competing in the um the long distance and, and the sprint there for um Victoria um State, who I ran for when I was over in Melbourne on a coaching scholarship. So I'm quite excited to get back down to to Melbourne and, and see everyone who I used to train with and, and race with down there and and you know go on all the runs i used to do while i was living down there so very excited to be back down under hopefully i'll have a bit of a report from out there but it's incredibly technical some of the areas so um if people want to go and look at maps um, of kangaroo crossing then uh, or places like gardeners lookout which aren't used very regularly it's uh, it's really technical stuff so hopefully good training for me and uh, it'll be really exciting competition as well
0: where can people follow it or find maps and stuff
1: uh, I think if you go on to um, ACT orienteering, then that that should have it. Or if you just search for Oceania orienteering on Google, um, then that should, uh, that should bring it up. At the next podcast, hopefully we'll have a preview of the World Cup in Switzerland and we'll have a wrap-up of the British Sprint and Middle Distance Championships as well as a wrap-up of Euro Meeting. And um, yeah, thank you very much for tuning into the latest episode of The Run-In. And thank you, Catherine.
0: Thank you very much. See you next time.